Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Hi, everyone. Angie's here, too. We're so excited to talk about this topic Mm -hmm. because it's deep. It's important and it has to do with the trajectory of your kids being believers or not. And that is, are you paralyzing your kids' spiritual growth? It's a big topic. And I think that it comes down to the core mission statement of courageous parenting. Yes. To equip parents to raise confident Christian kids for an uncertain world. Yeah. We, you know, when we look at what uncertain world actually means, that means there's an uncertainty of what their world is going to be like as they're growing. I mean, we would have never guessed that we'd be dealing with the issues that we're dealing with today as parents. Oh, yeah. Right. Needing to talk about pornography and all the different issues at a very young age. So the reality is, is our kids, if we're going to be confidently preparing them to be confident and courageous when they're parenting, right, when they're adults, well, the reality is we don't really know what we're preparing them for in some regards. And when someone says, oh, Isaac and Angie, I mean, that's what our parents said. And that's what the parents before them said, which is it's different. Well, yeah, except we have a thing called a smartphone that most kids have that are older and the internet that completely changes things. Yeah. I mean, that was invented when we (laughs) were like in college. Yeah. So I think (laughs) that things actually are are significantly different, but we are not to parent in fear. This is not fear-based parenting. We don't condone that. If you do, you are going to equip weak children into an uncertain world. And what happens to weak children in that certain world they, they're fearful they isolate themselves or they fall that's right and so if we want to raise our kids to be confident christian kids confident christian kids in yeah. an uncertain world then we have to tackle this topic of spiritual growth because our ideal goal is that our kids would not be independent upon us for their spiritual growth but that they would be confident in who they are in christ and that they would be growing so they actually have a relationship with god they obey god when no one else is looking because they care about that they're not just what man sees they care about what god sees and they they also when there's peer pressure and they're in the world they're not being of the world they're not laughing at the bad jokes they're standing for righteousness but being in a way that's a light for god that's right so it takes asking some really deep questions. So we have five main questions that we're going to cover today that we want to ask you as courageous parents, because these are warning signs. These are just five warning signs that you could be potentially paralyzing your kid's spiritual growth. And this is just a piece. This episode is just a piece of why we think so many kids from Christian homes are launching and ending up not walking in the faith or attending church or being part of their faith at all. Now, I just want to encourage you for a minute first, okay? Because this is a big... We all need encouragement. This is a big topic and we are going to dig in in a way that may make you feel like, man, I got so much work to do. Like we're going to shine a big old light on parents' responsibility regarding this. However, remember that God is the one who saves your kids you cannot save your kids. True. However, do not use that, oh, well, the Holy Spirit has to call my kids and it's something God's going to do in their life 
as your exit strategy for being aloof and not engaging. There's actually a so, huge responsibility that God puts on parents. Right. We cover a lot more of that in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program, yeah. and we can't really dig in deep on that in this topic. So, yeah, yeah. So the first one is don't create a religious culture. Whew. What do you mean by that, huh? I'm going to start with that. <laughs> You're so funny. This is one of your soapboxes. I mean, it's both of our soapboxes. I just sure, like hearing your voice. But you crack me up. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, creating a religious culture. You're gonna if it, if you have a religious culture in your home, then your kids are gonna not feel comfortable to doubt God or to ask questions about Scripture or to communicate with you about all of the things that are natural and normal in an individual's life when they start taking their faith seriously. Like think back to yourself for a moment. Mm -hmm. You didn't just like grow up in a Christian home and never question anything. I had tons of questions when I was 23 and became a new believer. Tons of them. That's true. And it's important to remember that if you're really engaging, growing in the Lord and trying to really understand his word, then yes, you're going to have questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that parents create a culture in their home that allows a comfortable place, confident place where kids can ask questions. Now, everybody's agreeing to this, of course, but you unintentionally might be creating a religious culture and there might be pressure yeah. on your kids not to expose their doubts about faith. Okay. So you just like something triggered in my mind, like PK kids, MK kids, missionary kids, pastors, kids, um, kids who are um, on even if they're like on leadership in our youth group or mm -hmm. um, our kids could potentially struggle with having undue pressure on them because we do ministry. And so we have to really engage our kids and have these kinds of conversations with them so that they know that we love them regardless of if they've accepted Christ or not. For example, we're really big into creating culture. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's one of our first ones really yeah. good. But like, for example, we never say, all Tolpins believe in God. That's not one of our culture. That's drivers. not one of our culture drivers because that is a personal thing between each kid and God. And if we mandated that or put pressure on it like that, it would create a false sense of belief potentially in our kids and a lack of communication. Yeah, that's interesting because we want our kids to have a an identity in Christ, which we'll talk more about later in this podcast. But we don't want it to be an identity in God, where it's like, oh, my parents said I had to be a Christian. It's not so our parents' faith. No. It's about their faith. We want our kids, like, if they honestly, like, the whole goal, you guys, is that they're prepared for the uncertain world. So they have to be able to be in a relationship with the Lord that's growing where they're not feeling this pressure. Yeah. So the power of love, God put within mm -hmm. you. Uh, your kids actually a draw towards getting love from you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is it possible then when they see the accolades that come with accepting the Lord, accepting God, and maybe some motivation for it is subconsciously to get more love from their parents. I'm not saying that's why your kids, if they have, have accepted the Lord. It's just something worthy to think about. And also it's important to realize that when somebody accepts Jesus accepts God, believes in God, it doesn't mean they're just going to be a believer forever. Now, I know there might be some theological differences in what I just said. This podcast isn't about that. We'll do one on that later. Mm -hmm. But if you believe, for example, the once saved, always saved, what kind of 
pressure does that put on your kids when you teach that principle and they accept the Lord at age six, for example? And what kind of, (laughs) how does your parenting get impacted if you actually believe that? If you bat, start to back off and go, oh, whew, okay, that one's saved. I got that one. That one's baptized. Okay, check that off my little Christian up. list. It's not a it's not a safe thing to be founding your parenting on. And it's amazing how much people don't realize their personal theological doctrines impact their parenting. And but we go into that again it, in the parenting program. And if we are so. agitating you right now, go to the Bible and study that and see how yeah. many scriptures there are that say the opposite of that compared to the ones that I believe are misconstrued that would say once saved, always saved. Okay. Um we're diving in, aren't we? Okay. So the second thing is we have to take off the rose-tinted glasses. I know you love talking about this one, so I'll start with this one. Okay. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, the unwillingness to see the truth in our kids mm-hmm. because we're biased because of how much we believe in them, love them, and only want to see the good side of our kids. That's true. And honestly, if we're if we're really truly honest and we're able to see our kids in, then that means that we have to do something about it. And a lot of parents either don't know what to do about the sin, they don't know how to like actually engage it and discipline it or mm. correct it or help walk with their child through that sin, whatever it is, because there's multiple levels to that. So they don't want to actually look at their kid through that honest paradigm. It's really important that we have a biblical perspective of our children. Oh, yeah. It is so God calls us to. And the word of God has so many scriptures. We have covered tons of them in previous podcasts, you guys. You should know by now what God's word says about children and about humanity. Yeah. And recognizing that there is a fleshly human nature that we struggle and battle against and that there are actual absolutes from scripture. And this becomes a problem with your personal relationships, because let's say you have a relationship with someone, your kids are playing together and there's conflict amongst your kids. We've experienced that before. Mm -hmm. And I can think of a beautiful example where um, one of our kids actually did something wrong, nothing major, but just wrong in terms of conflict and mm-hmm. didn't understand. And I didn't get defensive when that parent brought it up to me. And that same family, that same dad actually then was receptive also of something that his kid ac- accidentally did in relationship. And neither side was, his kid was intending to do something wrong, but because neither of us got defensive, it just brought our relationship closer as dads. Right. And I think that so many times when somebody says something about our kids, mm-hmm. we immediately put defenses up instead of being able to see why that is. And you know what? I think we should look for the truth in that more mm-hmm. than put our defenses up. Yeah. It's interesting too, because when you really love someone, you want to speak truth to them. So, because you don't want them to be walking in sin, mm-hmm. right? You want to have full fellowship with one another. You want your kid, for example, to be able to still be friends with that child. But if you say nothing and that child continues in their sin, eventually you're going to have to say, oh, sorry, we can't be spending very much time with you because you're being a bad influence on this child versus like actually dealing with the sin, right? Right away. And what does it say to your kids if they know you're going to back them up when they lie or when they do something? And even if they did something wrong, you gloss it over and just back them up, even if they didn't say they didn't do it. Right. It's That's not a good. detrimental. It's so unhealthy for parenting your relationship with your kid. Yeah. I think that this, you know, being unwilling to see the truth 
is one of the biggest ways that we paralyze our kids from growing spiritually because we have to recognize that spiritual growth doesn't happen when everything's going well. Yeah. It happens when we're confronted with the realities of life, with trials, with suffering, with pain, with being held accountable yep. to sin, actually. Yep. Then they are challenged to actually have to repent, be reconciled, and change. That yep. is the epitome of growth, it actually. Is. And there's a book, and this is for uh, maybe some of the guys that are listening or or women, if you're into you know leading in business and so forth, which is um, good to great. It's how to, companies went from good to great. And there's a point in there called deal in reality. Mm-hmm. And they did studies and they found that leaders that dealt in reality didn't have the rose tinted glasses about their leaders, about their company, things like that, the state of things, but dealt in reality and communicated mm-hmm. reality. They found they went to great versus the other companies uh, that stayed at good or less. And so it's same thing with family. As parents, we have to deal in reality of what's really happening. Mm-hmm. We often don't even ask our kids questions sometimes because we don't want to know a negative answer. Well, and I think that rose tinted glasses goes to a whole nother level too. It's not just seeing your kids the way that they are, but it's also seeing the culture the way that the culture is and being willing to admit if there is something that's a bad influence in the world that we need to like purposefully mm-hmm. set a boundary for. And so these rose tinted glasses actually impact a lot of our child's spiritual growth because how are they going to keep oh, growing yeah. spiritually, for example, if they are spending time with kids that are completely like against the Lord, not growing in the Lord, not, um, they're they're constantly around that that culture alone is going to be a temptation for our kids right and so if you're not aware of the real culture that your kids are in based upon their peers for example then you are paralyzing their spiritual growth by letting them remain in that culture and how unhealthy would it be for you if your daily environment called you to act in a way that you don't really feel as you inside and perhaps that is why kids grow up calling their parents hypocrites, uh, being disenfranchised with their faith and, and religion mm-hmm. and so forth, because they were forced in their family to live a Christian life when mm-hmm. inside they weren't really following God. They weren't really obedient in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you're wondering, how do I know how to train my kids? How do I know what the Bible says or what scripture to share with them? I have a word for you. And that's James 1, 5 through 8. And that is, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So I love how simple the Bible is. You're like, Isaac, that's a huge book. It's, it's simple. <laughs> It is so simple. Did you hear what I just read? You just need to ask. Ask for and wisdom. Seek, and seek God in the word yourself. I think that this, and this is something we're going to dig into in this particular podcast regarding your example for your kids. Yeah. But you can't be leading them if you're not growing in the yeah. word. It's so true. And then you're going to have a scripture ready, but I'm going to talk just briefly about the Parenting Mentor Program. I know if you've heard of other podcasts, you hear us talking about this. It's because it is so, we're seeing the transformation happen in so many families. It's such a big impact that God really created this. He used us as stewards of this thing, but it is really incredible. This six-week online self-paced program that parents are going through and we have dates where they start. 
And uh, you can go to CourageousParenting.com to find out more about that. Um, this one that just uh, we're just starting um, just filled up. I mean, it's it amazing what up God's doing. Like a week before uh, we it's literally yeah. amazing how many people want to be part of this. And uh, I think one of the biggest values people are experiencing is the power of the community. Now, the knowledge is great. The six mm-hmm. one-hour lessons that are self-paced and the three live 90-minute sessions with us. And the parenting pri- packets. And the parenting packets and the private yeah. Facebook group and all that. But the community of the people that are attracted to this are unique parents. They're really striving to understand the biblical parenting model and how to raise their kids to be confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. They really desire that. So it's beautiful to see them interacting with each other, asking each other questions, posting pictures of their families in the Facebook group, and really engaging in the questions they ask on the lives. Well, I think it's really important if you're going to be living counterculturally, which is what you are going to do if you're a courageous parent. So it's really important that you don't feel alone yeah. because that helps you to have courage. I mean, the reality is we should be having courage because that's what God's word says. He is with us. Yeah. Um, but there is something about being amongst other brothers and sisters in Christ who are purposefully parenting as well. It is very encouraging. And this is how yeah. we're funding the ministry and all that we're doing. That's one of the major ways. And so if that's interesting, check it out. Uh, if you think share someone else, it. share about yep. it as well. It's really good. So one of the other ways that you can tell if you have rose tinted glasses on is to evaluate the fruit that's in your child's life. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such things, there is no law. Um, And so this is just one passage of scripture that is talking about the fruit of the spirit. Just before, if you dig into Galatians 5 a little bit more, um, you'll see all of the warnings, bad Mm -hmm. fruit, I Mm -hmm. guess, are the warnings. And I would just ask you to be really honest about the fruit that you're seeing in your children's relationships with other kids, their relationship with their siblings, Mm -hmm. their relationships with you, with their relationship with God, because truthfully, you need to evaluate the fruit to know where they're at, to see how you can be challenging them to grow or holding them accountable. So true. To be able to make change in their life. Absolutely. And number three is cultivating wrong identity. Often that's one of the reasons we paralyze spiritual growth in our kids. Yeah. I think that it's really important that we remember that any bad behaviors that we're seeing are actually a symptom of something that's in their heart. Um, and you But know, in the moment, it's so hard to tend to the heart versus the behavior because what are we agitated by often? We're agitated by the behavior, but I have learned, and I shared this in a different podcast, um, You know, I was really encouraged when I was a young mom. I read a couple books that were really transformative um, and they were Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Very good. And Don't Make Me Count to Three. Um, And I I definitely think that those opened my eyes to this concept. But one thing that God convicted me of personally was that if I am taking a personal offense to their sin, then Mm -hmm. I'm focused more on the outward thing than I am on the heart. And I had to start becoming thankful for being able to see those symptoms because we've actually raised a couple children that were, they were not very disobedient. 
Yeah. They were actually really, really good kids. And then when they got older. We've had the disobedient ones too, so don't think we've had it either. (laughs) No, for sure. But this is my warning to you. If you have had compliant children and they're like once they get to be seven or eight years old, then all of a sudden they have these huge roots of sin in their heart that you never saw the symptoms of and you still need to figure out how to deal with that. It's almost worse off. So I've grown to be thankful for being able to see those symptoms because then I can actually deal with them. Because what's coming out in a kid uh, maybe another kid it's not coming out but they're thinking it in the heart and what really matters is the heart because what uh, when they dis- disobey you their parents they're disobeying God because it clearly says in the Bible to obey yes. your parents for this is right yeah. so it's and we really dig important. more into that in our podcast on obedience why your kids you don't obey you so you can one. go listen to that one if that's something you want to learn more about but it's in Hebrews talking about the heart here in Hebrews 4 12 mm-hmm. it uh, says For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is your tool. Isn't that so cool that God gave us Mm -hmm. the inspired word of God? And if we believe in this Bible, then we know it is the sword of the spirit, as it says elsewhere, double-edged sword in this scripture that cuts to the heart. The heart of the issue, which the is heart the of behavior the issue. is a symptom of the heart. Yes. So we're supposed to use this, use this to deal with the behavior of the heart that is the symptom. <laughs> yes, that's right. And I think that it's also important to remember that God's word has so much in it that will mm. help us to lead our children to have the proper um identity in Christ, right? Oh, yeah. Which is what we really want. We want them to have their identity not in what they're doing, not in what they're not doing, yeah, but in him and who he sees them to be, which is a child of God, we're a royal priesthood. Yeah. There are so many different scriptures that you could go through. I mean, oh, we're heirs, we're saints, we're ambassadors. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit enters us and intercedes for us. We, we are talked the light. About, about five scriptures right there. You can look up, just yep. Google it, right? Right. But it is, uh, we, we are in, and proclaim those things in your kids when they accept the Lord, but not in a way of pressure. Right. In a way of, I am here as your parent to walk with you in this mm-hmm. decision you made. And it's beautiful. But this is a journey of your relationship mm-hmm. with God. And I'm here to answer any questions you have. And there's no wrong questions. And, you know, I still have some questions sometimes. And I'm wrestling with them with the scripture. But you know what? We have the word of God, the infallible word of God. Teach them what that means mm-hmm. and build confidence in it because they actually see you reading it. So you want you want to make sure they know who they are in Christ because if they don't, they will fill their mind with who they are in the world. This is another reason why it's so important to encourage your kids to ask questions too because if they don't know who they are, they should be asking questions about who they are in God, what it means to be a Christian. And I think that it's important that parents are encouraging and cultivating that culture of being able to ask questions. For example, when our kids were really little and they were four, five, six, seven, and they would ask questions about God and things like that. If I didn't have the answer, I would always encourage them by saying, that is such a good question. Let's look that up together. We've talked a lot about that, the importance of being humble as parents and not pretending like you have all the answers all the time, but also not just, you know, sweeping those questions under the rug because you don't know that would be creating the religious culture. Right. Yeah. And so. 
we need to be careful that and realize that our kids are trying to develop their identity in Christ when they're asking questions. Those are signs that that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out what they believe. They're trying to so figure Angie, out So Angie, is this view. just when they're six, seven, or are you 13, are we no. constantly reminding them totally. of who they are in Christ? Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about how I'll just use girls, for example, and when they're going through puberty mm-hmm. and how they are craving for um validation that they're beautiful and that they're loved and um they need to know that what we value most in them is not their beauty on the outside but what is on the inside right yeah and so it's those it's it's their whole lives like i still appreciate when my mom i'm almost 40 and i appreciate when my mom says encouraging words to me about how she's so proud of who I've become as a woman of God and mm-hmm. different things like that. To this day, I still kind of go, I just like a little tear. Don't underestimate the power of your words as parents. They may, you may lose that feeling that you have influence, but you know what? As a leader, you need to know you have influence regardless yeah. of the outcome from the kids. If you have teenagers and maybe you didn't do the right things early on and now you're trying to reset, that's totally fine. It's never too late. But just because they're defiant in some ways doesn't mean when you have an affirmation, it doesn't cut right to them. I think the most powerful thing in the world is parents encouraging with biblical scripture, using the sword of the spirit. It's unbelievably powerful for your kids. So you definitely want to do it. Second yeah. Timothy um uh, 316 through 17 has to do with this next tip, which is number four, lack of spiritual leadership. So this is a question that we all as parents have to ask ourselves. Am yeah. I lacking in spiritual leadership? Is our home lacking in spiritual and, leadership? Yeah. And here's what the Bible says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so you... Again, we've said this already, but we can't say it enough because how many times do we get so busy and we forget to crack open the Bible? And if you don't crack open the Bible in your private time, what makes you think you're going to crack it open when you're around your kids? Like, here's the thing. You should be like using your Bible so much that if you accidentally leave it in the car, you're like, where's my Bible? Like that same day. Yeah. Right? It's like it should be used that frequently that you can't just leave it somewhere. It's the instruction manual that you can't Google. Now, technically you can, but the reason you can't is because your kids need to see you with a physical Bible. And it's so important because even like coming up with scriptures that we were going to use today, like I actually use Google and I was trying to, I put in half of the Bible verse that I had memorized. I put it in because I couldn't remember where it was located. And the Google search brought up a, a... some kind of page that had a bunch of Bible verses on it that were similar to it. And I'm looking at it going, that is not it. Open up my Bible. And they're wrong. They were wrong on the website. And so it's super important that you're actually in the word of God and that you don't just like constantly. If you become only a Googler or using you version, which they're great tools. I use the tools. Okay. But if you become only doing that online, you become an out of context Bible reader. Right. And what I mean by that is you take a scripture that serves your purposes. You take a scripture that serves what you want your kids to think. And you know what? You might be completely taking it out of context. And it's really important to read what's around a scripture before you use a piece of it. 
And it's also important too that you're you're so well versed in the Bible that you're actually thinking about what the whole Bible says because mm-hmm. you've read through it multiple times so that you can be confident in what you're saying when you're only sharing a couple verses. So let's go into so. this. What does spiritual leadership actually look like? Well, as a, a, a father, it looks like um, praying with my wife, which by the way, I'll just be honest, I could improve that. And um, why is that important? We're talking about paralyzing your kids' spiritual growth and you're talking about praying with your wife. Because with prayers, first of all, God hears every prayer. He doesn't answer it always in the way we want it answered, but he hears all prayer. And it is so powerful as a married, married couple because it shares the intents of your hearts towards each other. Yep. And that is so powerful for your wife to hear the intent of your heart in prayer and for God to be involved in the Holy Spirit to intercede. And how can you expect to have your relationships with your kids founded on Christ if your marriage is not? Marriage is And so it has to happen there first. I also think that it's important that our kids know that we're doing that yeah. because we're modeling that for them. And then, so that we're not hypocrites and we're yeah. just like, oh, you need to pray. But yet we don't like that would be crazy. And asking questions. Ask your six year old. How's your relationship with God going? Mm-hmm. And when you first do that, they're like, "Uh, what do you mean, mom? Perfect. You, then you're, then you're, you're actually teaching what that question means. Right. What does it look like? Have you ever tried to describe a relationship with God? That's kind of hard, right. isn't it? Well, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm putting my kids in school so that they can be the light to the world. Yet, yeah. if you were to sit and actually have a question, question and answer time with any of these kids that are being sent out to be lights and you ask yeah. them, hey, do you know how to share the gospel? Yeah. Do you know how to be a light to other kids? They wouldn't know where to begin. So they need to be equipped. So we, we need, need to, to ask We questions. need to ask them deep questions and not be afraid of answers. Mm-hmm. Actually, th- when they say the wrong answer, good. You want to know that. Okay, and when yeah. you how you respond dictates whether they'll answer correctly and honestly the next time. Okay, so maybe give them a couple really good starter baseline questions that they could even ask their kids to get the conversation started. Say, hey, you know, how's your prayer life going? Uh, when was the last time you you read the Bible, or what are you reading in the Bible? What is God teaching you? What is God teaching you? What are you What are you struggling with right now? How can I pray for you? There, we just gave you like five or six. And I hope yeah. if they're not reading the Bible, they feel comfortable going, you know what? I'm not. And you go, you yeah. know what? I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> How comforting and, is that? And to be able to say, hey, if you're, or if they say, I'm having, I don't understand it. Say, hey. Let's, How about we read it together? Let's start reading it together. Yeah. So also having some structured Bible time with your family. You know, when I do Bible time though, I always weave in, hey guys, if this is the only time you're reading the Bible when we're all together, it's a sign of a weak relationship with God. And you know what? Is it okay to be truthful? Mm-hmm. Is that truthful? It's absolutely truthful. Yeah. Prayer life. How about acknowledging prayers coming true mm-hmm. versus taking credit for them? That's right. And you even get the dry erase board out and we write We just down, did this. We just did this a couple of days ago. What are all the ways that we've seen God work in our lives in the last 30 days? 30 days. And, and it, it was, was awesome. Amazing. There's some really cool things yeah. happening in the last 30 days. And then we also think that, you know, helping your kids to experience God. What are some examples that we could give them? Because this is a form of spiritual leadership to be taking someone alongside you. It's yeah. like discipleship yep. and helping them to know God and experience his presence, right? So some examples could be worshiping with your kids, taking them on missions trips, um, 
letting your kids be at the coffee shop while you're meeting with someone you're witnessing to them. And I think God's working all the time and doing all kinds of things. Yes. And we fail to just recognize that God is doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's really important. Sometimes, unfortunately, as parents, we're so insecure. We take credit for things we should not be taking credit for because God probably, you may have physically done it, but God made it happen. Okay. That's right. So I actually think that, you know, it's really important that we remember as we're discipling our kids that we're also training them to be spiritual leaders. There is that element of that. So. And the last one, number five, is to be an example. And we don't need to talk too much about this because we have in many of the podcasts. Mm -hmm. If you haven't listened to the other ones, look through them. Um, We are very careful Mm -hmm. to put these together in a way that has a big impact. But remember, I said, is it easier to describe a relationship God or for them to To see see a relationship with God? And they need to see it. really important. And the Bible says in Luke 6, 39 and 40, it says, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Amen. And then again, in we're going to, I want to share another passage of scripture with you that is in first John it's chapter two, verse 15. that says, love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but of this world. And the world passes away. You could go into that entire scripture. In fact, as far as identity in Christ goes, first John is just a really good book in the Bible to go through yeah. with your kids to help build that strong identity. But I think that these two scriptures together really come together great because if we are an example leading our kids to the father yeah. and we are leading them to the world because yeah. we're too worldly, yeah. then we are being a bad example. And it's just like being the blind leading the blind. Absolutely. And remember, this is about a multi-generational legacy. Is it about your one kid, your two kids, three kids, eight kids, 10 kids? however many kids you have. Mm -hmm. Is it about just them? Is our daily tasks and our vision just on that? If it is, the mundane will become unbearable and you won't do it well. And so it's important to have a multi-generational legacy vision because your three kids have done the math. Do the math. I'm not going to tell you now because that's another episode I'm saving it for. Because when you do the math on three kids, it is exponential the impact just four generations, five generations from now. When you do the math on eight kids, it is really big (laughs) (laughs) talk about exponential growth it's amazing so it's really cool so well i was just gonna say that i think it's really important that parents recognize that what they're doing whether they're intentional or not is leaving a strong legacy yeah because we leave a legacy whether we're intentional or not and so we're either exactly Or or bad yeah so last thing is we always like to promote some other resource and our friends matt and lisa jacobson have a new podcast called faithful life we encourage you to check it out they also have websites at faithfulman.com and club 31 women.com yes okay so and uh, they are season ahead of us and they are good examples of being parents and so we wanted to share that with you thanks for joining us see you next time Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. 
If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.